What is going on, Reds fans, and what's going on, baseball fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. We've got so much to get to today, so much good stuff going on in Reds country. A great win. The Reds are closer to the wild card. The Reds are going to Dyersville, Iowa next year for the second installment of the Field of Dreams game. And Joey Votto hit his 2000th career hit. Just so much to get to on today's Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you so much for finding me. If this is your first time finding the YouTube podcast, make sure that you are subscribed. Or if you're listening on your favorite podcasting app right now, make sure you follow me right there. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that it's brought to you by rockauto.com. They've got an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts that your car will ever need. Go to rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. All right, let's get going. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, I've got the t-shirt on. You know why Joey Votto reached another career milestone. It's been a heck of a year for Joseph Daniel Votto as he has just completely transformed himself. He had a three-hit night against the Cubs. In fact, two of those hits came in the seventh inning. He got his 2,000th career hit in the seventh inning and then later on came all the way back around and hit an RBI single for his 2,001st career hit. What a night for Joey Votto. He becomes just the second player ever to record his 2000th career hit, his 300th home run and his 1000th RBI all in the same year. He is phenomenal. He is soon to be a hall of famer as soon as he retires and he's eligible. I believe he's going to be a first ballot hall of famer, but yeah, just overall great night for the reds at the ballpark. And it was interesting because the first couple of innings, Justin Steele really kind of confounded the Reds. He had this high spin fastball. I talked about this in the preview yesterday. High spin fastball kind of reminds you of Tyler Malley, but he was locating it on the lower inside strike zone and getting a lot of guys to strike out. The Reds just couldn't do anything with it for the first three innings. But then Jonathan India. And I got this new, let's, let's see if this works here. We're going to do this. Look, at, Yep, there he is. Nope, there he is. Yep, right there. I got to get the mirror thing right. Jonathan India just had another great night. His ninth three-hit game of the year. Still looking for that elusive four-hit game. But back-to-back days, three hits, fantastic. And that home run that he hit was in the upper bleachers. Looked like it probably bounced down from over top of the Kroger K's there in the bleacher section, absolutely murdered that ball. And a couple of guys later, they ended up pulling steel from the game. And that is when the reds absolutely took off in the fifth. inning. you saw Aquino hit a laser shot. Aristides Aquino punished that ball off of the little score strip facade thing in between the terrace and the bleachers. 
and it put the Reds up four nothing. And you almost thought that four to nothing might be all that they needed. In fact, I kind of threw a couple of bucks on the under. I thought maybe this would just be a quiet game where Wade Miley shuts them down and the Reds score just enough to win. But hey, Wade Miley shut them down and then they scored a ton after that. And he was pinch hit four in the seventh. The seventh just took absolutely forever. The Reds in the bottom half of the seventh probably uh, i mean i know that they brought up a ton of batters it was probably about 45 minutes for their half of the seventh inning it was absolutely phenomenal but leading up to that wade miley pitched fantastic ball seven innings of shutout baseball seven strikeouts only five total base runners four hits and one walk and he talked about it after the game he mentioned that that was his first game where his changeup was really working in a while. And he was right. He had seven swings and misses on that pitch alone, way more than any other pitch on the night. And he had two strikeouts with that pitch as well. Phenomenal game for Wade Miley. Great to see him bounce back from a tough performance against the Braves last week, really shut down this Cubs. And I get it. The Cubs are the lowly Cubs. They're, they're doing very bad this year, but You've got to beat the teams when they're down. I mean, remember in years past, whenever the Cubs were just beating up on the hapless Reds, like 2016, 2017, and they were loving every minute of it, dancing in the dugout, yelling, hollering, screaming, having a good old time. This is where the Reds get back. This is where the Reds just completely destroy them. And if they are able to sweep them, they will put them one game closer. I, I think they're all, all time longest losing streak is 15 games if the reds sweep them that'll be 14 losses in a row for the cubs so let's help them out here huh come on reds keep it going but and i also forgot that from earlier yeah joey Votto, 2000th hit awesome day for him but just a phenomenal game for the red legs and, and you had everybody i think the only guy to not score in the seventh inning for the reds was tucker barnhart and then he got in on the action in the eighth with a two-run bomb to right field just fantastic uh, and, and real quick i, I don't want to harp on this too much but heath Embry, 12 run lead he comes in ultimately gives up five runs he can't get three outs in the eighth inning that that that's really what Nick Crawl has deemed more important than having Nick Senzel on the roster. Heath Embry's really going to bring wins, and Nick Senzel's not. I think I'm done with Heath Embry. Like period. Even in low leverage situations, the Reds need to move on from him and bring up Senzel or bring up Tony Santion or something like that. I think it's ridiculous that they keep trying to run Heath Hembry out there. Even in a 12 nothing ball game, he still had that mentality of, I can't allow a base runner. Can't allow a base runner. Can't allow. What happens? He allows a ton of base runners, a bunch of hits, five total runs. It was embarrassing. I, there's, there's no need for Heath Hembry to be coming into ball games right now for the Cincinnati Reds. It would only just serve to aggravate me. Anyway, that was a phenomenal night, and we've got another one coming up tonight. We've got Vladimir Gutierrez on the mound going up against Kyle Hendricks. Going to preview that here in just a minute. But before we do that, there, there were some moves that were made yesterday, and I've got some thoughts on that. Before we jump into talking about Jose Barrero and more thoughts on Nick Senzel, 
I want to tell you about betonline.ag. Just like it says down there, go to betonline.ag, set up your profile with the promo code locked on. You'll get 50% more on your initial deposit. And yesterday I didn't have any tips for you, but today I'm feeling it. Take the over, whatever it is on the Reds and Cubs. I'm feeling a lot more runs. I think the Reds are ready to get back out there and score a bunch more. Kyle Hendricks does not like, and we'll get more into detail. He does not like pitching a great American ballpark, probably his least favorite spot, definitely his least favorite spot in divisional play, but I'm taking the over on the Reds and Cubs today, and you should too. Go to betonline.ag, set up your profile with the promo code locked on to get 50% added onto your initial deposit, and you can start using your baseball knowledge, your sports knowledge in general, to make some bucks at betonline.ag. Set up your profile with the promo code locked on, and you can join in with me taking some great money lines, whether it be for Major League Baseball. You've got NFL futures coming up. You've got all kinds of prop bets when it comes to Major League Baseball. I had a really random one yesterday. I just had this feeling, and I was totally right on the feeling, but it was like right before first pitch. I wasn't going to go crazy with it, but I made a couple bucks off the prop bet. Just will neither team score in the first quarter, in the first inning, and hey, that happened. Whatever. You can find all kind of prop bets at betonline.ag. Set up your profile today with the promo code locked on and get 50% added onto your initial deposit. All right, so yesterday the Reds put Jesse Winker on the IL. And if you listen to me, I, I kind of mentioned that this would happen. I, I thought that, you know, there was they were talking about the intercostal strain and reading about it, at least on different health websites, says that that sort of thing takes a minute to heal. And what's the best way to heal is to not play baseball. So they put him on the IL. Subsequently, did not bring up Nixon Zelvo, which... I think everybody thought they were going to do. And I know some people were like, well, Jeff, he's going to be down there for 10 days. There's an exception. If someone goes on the IL, if someone goes down because of injury like that, there's an exception to the 10 day rule limit. And yet they still didn't bring him up. They brought up Jose Barrero, who I have been looking forward to seeing. And quite frankly, I thought deserved a lot more pomp and circumstance than he got than the whole can he play the outfield question? Because now the Reds only have four outfielders. Anyway, we'll jump into that thought in just a moment. I want to start with Jose Barrero because Jose Barrero really showed his defensive talent last season. We know that he can play out in the field. His glove is awesome. His arm is awesome. He's going to be fine at shortstop. And David Bell talked about they're probably going to play him at second base and third base a lot too. kind of use him in what Kyle Farmer's role was in the super utility role because David Bell and the rest of the organization really view Kyle Farmer as the number one shortstop. And that's fine because he's been pretty awesome. His hit yesterday, he's got like a six game hitting streak going on. He's, he's been awesome. So with Barrera, what does he bring to the plate? Because the biggest question last year was his hitting. He only walked one time and he had a million strikeouts. I think he struck out 38% of the time in his short stint in 2020. Guess what he did in his very first plate appearance last night? He walked. That's as many walks as he had all last season. He already showed improvement there, but in the minor leagues, he was fantastic. In fact, in AAA, he had uh let's catch up here in triple a he had a 153 weighted runs created plus 
That's kind of like OPS plus. It's a composite statistic for all of his batting. He was phenomenal in 40 games at AAA. He had a 279 isolated power, which is huge because basically take a player's slugging percentage and minus their batting average. That way you don't count singles. That's everything above. And, and we're talking that is amazing. 279. And I get it. Statistics for AAA and things like that don't always translate very well to the major leagues. So I, I'm just saying what they were. I'm not saying, hey, this is where they're starting from. I'm just saying what he was doing. He, he was doing fantastic. And he almost doubled his walk rate from the last year that he was in the minor league. So 2019, he had a five and a half walk rate, 5.5% in 2019. This season in AAA, he had a 9.9% walk rate. The plate discipline has improved. Now he still strikes out about 22 to 23% of the time, a little bit more than you would like to see, but everybody's doing that nowadays. The fact that the walk rate is up is good. He hit 327 with a 400 on base and 555 slugging in 110 at bats versus right-handed pitchers in AAA. It was great to see. Now, the interesting part about this is it's not as if he's going to create a platoon advantage because against lefties, now this was a tiny sample size too. So maybe this is something that with a little bit more seasoning, with a little bit more time, he can be better at. But in 50 at-bats against left-handers in AAA, he had a 240 batting average with a 291 on base and a 320 slugging. So not Great. Still better than what a Eugenio Suarez and Mike Mostakas have been giving. But again, that's triple A. It's not going to translate, you know, exactly to Major League Baseball. But I love the flexibility that he brings. He is now a super utility player who really doesn't have any sort of fall off. You, you, you always talk about utility guys and like, okay, they can fill in the later innings, but we're not really that enthused when they come into the game. We're going to be enthused when Jose Barrero is in there. And dude is just a physical specimen. I mean, if you saw him, he looked fantastic. Really excited to see him up in the big leagues. Now, what's interesting to me is the other part of this story. Nixon's was not called up, which now officially means he definitely has to stay down at least those 10 days. The first thing that we heard, and we talked about it yesterday ad nauseum, um, the, the comments that Nick crawl was saying, he said, well, you know, he has options. That's why we sent him down. And you know, the, a lot of guys on the roster right now are really good and we don't want to get rid of that. So yeah. So he wasn't good enough to be up here. Okay. All right. Well then in C Trent Rosecrans article in the athletic, the C notes article that he tends to write each week, Pat Kelly said that he didn't look 100%. His knee was not 100%. And it's the leading knee. So when you bat right hand, I bet left hand, I was about to like hit my right knee, but his left knee, the leading knee, whenever he steps into his swing is still tender. Pat Kelly says it doesn't look a hundred percent and he doesn't trust it a hundred percent. So that makes sense. Why didn't that cross say that if he's not a hundred percent, I totally get it. You don't want to bring up a guy that's not a hundred percent and then put him in a, a playoff race. It's not going to work for anybody especially not for Nixon Zell and David Bell kind of reiterated that in his pregame comments to Tommy thrall on the Reds pregame show. And he was talking about like, they don't believe that he is to the point where he can be one of the guys in major in on the major league roster. 
And that's fine. I understand that. You know, I don't really understand the idea of keeping nine relievers when one of them is Heath Embry and not having Nixon Zell on the roster. That will never make sense to me. But if you're going to tell me that he's not completely healthy and that he will be up here soon and be a big part of the team as they go down the stretch run, that makes sense. But what they were, what Nick crawl was trying to feed us made absolutely no sense for this guy right here. And again, I pointed the wrong way, but Nixon Zell means absolutely, or at least he should mean more. And if, and all of this has got me thinking about his future. And this is my take on Nixon Zell. He is just as likely to be on another team in 2022 as he is to be a red based on reading between the lines, because we're hearing all of this stuff. Like he's not one of the guys, he's not one of their best guys. According to them, he's not one of the best dudes on the roster, which kind of doesn't make any sense to me, but whatever, that's what they're saying. And based on the fact that they feel better about Tyler Naquin and Aristides Aquino in center field, they feel better about Shogo as a bench outfield bat. They feel better about, bringing up Jose Barrero and handing him the keys to the super utility role before giving him the keys to everyday shortstop role next year. I hope uh, they feel better about Kyle Farmer. They feel better about all these other guys in the infield than they do about Nixon Zell. Nixon Zell has no place here. So I assume they're going to try to work some kind of deal out this off season. I think they're going to see if they can move him. Or if not, if, if maybe, God forbid, we lose Nick Castellanos from the roster or we lose some other guys, then maybe they might give him a shot. But it just seems like Nick Senzel, for all of the pomp and circumstance of being the number two pick in the draft in 2016, brought him for everything about being talked about the organization's top prospect and for being the promised dude coming up, just has no place in the future of the Cincinnati Reds. He was being touted as a cornerstone for what the Reds were going to do. Now it kind of looks like he's on the outside looking in. And I'm not sure if a torrid just performance of him coming up and going crazy, and maybe he can really light the world on fire. I don't know if maybe that just makes his trade value better. And I'm not really sure what they're going to get if they do go the trade route this off season because I feel like you'd be trading him at his lowest point as so far as value is concerned. So that's just where I am though. Like when you think about what the Reds have said, what, what they've told us, what they've done, Jesse Winker, an outfielder going on the IL, Nick Senzel, an outfielder ready to be called up. No, he's not. He's not going to help us. We'll call up a shortstop. We'll call up a utility infielder and Jose Barrero think they're telling us that Nick Senzel is not part of the future here in Cincinnati. And it just makes me wonder too, more about Nick crawl. The fact that these last couple of years, he's kind of stood next to Dick Williams as he's had all these press conferences stood behind him and things like that. And while he had a poker face going on in front of the camera in his mind, he, he must've been thinking based on everything that he's done this year, boy, I can't wait to reverse all this. That's just, I don't know. That's, that's what it looks like to me. All right. Let's talk about game two of the Reds and Cubs coming up here tonight. Kyle Hendricks against Vladimir Gutierrez. We'll do that 
in just a moment. Before we get into that, though, I wanted to let you know that you can get your next part for your car at rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com because they've got every single part for your car and they can help you find it. Whether you're an expert, whether you know exactly what you're looking for, you even know your favorite brand, or you don't know a brake pad from a tail light. Check them out at rockauto.com. They've got an easy to use interface to help you find exactly what you're looking for. And when you buy it, they're going to deliver the part right to your door. There's no going to a store or anything like that. Plus you can skip going down the block to the corner store. That's going to charge you an upcharge based on who you are. If you're a professional mechanic or if you're an average Joe and you go to rockauto.com, you get the same price as everyone else. Whether you're looking to restore a classic car or you just need to replace a turn signal on your everyday driver, rockauto.com can help you out. Go to rockauto.com today and in the checkout section in the How'd You Hear About Us area, type in Locked On to let them know that Locked On sent you. That's rockauto.com. And in the checkout section in the How'd You Hear About Us area, type in Locked on rockauto.com has been doing this for over 20 years a family-owned company and they will deliver the parts right to your door rockauto.com has all of the parts that your car will ever need and they've got reliably low prices as well so when you're checking out in the how'd you hear about us section type in locked on and one more too before we jump into tonight's game i i love the seafood that I've gotten from wild Alaskan company. And you will too check out wild slash MLB today to get $15 off your first box. What I'm talking about is this wild Alaskan company has all this great salmon, whether you're talking about sockeye salmon, coho salmon, they've got smoked salmon. They've also got some great white fish like halibut. They've got cod and it's all caught wild caught and flash frozen packaged and sent right to you. So it's as if you just pulled the fish up out of the water yourself. The nice thing is they do all the filleting and deboning and cleaning and all that stuff. So all you got to do is thaw it, plop it in a pan, cook it up, and you've got some delicious soup. I'm telling the halibut was fantastic. The cod made some great fish tacos. And that salmon really cooks up nice into some pasta telling you you need to check out wildalaskancompany.com slash mlb today save 15 dollars off your first box plus you can check all of the limited stuff that they like to roll in sometimes they got crab legs sometimes they've got some jumbo shrimp on there i love me some shrimp check out wildalaskancompany.com i'm making myself hungry just talking about this i think you should take advantage of this deal go to wildalaskancompany.com slash mlb to get $15 off your first box. That's wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB. All right, one more before we get out of here. We are talking about game two of the Reds and Cubs, and we've got Kyle Hendricks going up against Vladimir Gutierrez. Kyle Hendricks, I mentioned this in the Bet Online ad read. He does not like Grand American Ballpark. And in fact, the last time that the Reds faced him, they faced him in Wrigley. They tagged him for five runs, really got up on Kyle Hendricks quickly. And he himself really is looking for a bounce back start as his last time out. He faced the Milwaukee Brewers and he gave up nine earned runs on 11 hits. Two of those were home runs his last time out against Milwaukee. So he's probably filling for a measure of revenge. The thing is, in his career, he's thrown 11 starts, 61 in the third innings at Great American, 
72 hits allowed, 42 earned runs allowed. He has given up 10 home runs. He didn't like pitching a great American by far his worst performance at any divisional ballpark in the NL central going up against him is going to be this dude right here. The man Goody. Hey, look at that. I almost, I almost went the wrong way. I got the right way this way. Yeah. Goody has been Gucci as of recent. I mean, we're talking about four straight starts of six plus innings pitched. He has nine starts of six or more innings all year long. This rook has been phenomenal. And this recent streak of four straight starts of six innings or more started in Chicago. In fact, that was a pretty good start. Other than a two-run home run that Anthony Rizzo hit off of him, he pitched fantastic. Talking about like four batters an inning type deal, maybe allowing a base runner here or there, but he is really good and really cool under pressure. Whenever guys are on base, he does not get flustered. In fact, he pitches even better. In 80 plate appearances with runners in scoring position, the slash line against Goody is 209, 313, 388. 19 runs scored against him in those 80 plate appearances with runners in scoring position. In fact, let's expand it out a little bit more. With people on any base, so including first base, he's had 144 plate appearances with guys on base. Slash line against him, 198, 275, 357. Not saying that he should really consider this, but he almost would pitch better if somebody just started on first base at the end. Maybe he just, you know, intentionally walk a guy, then he hones in and pitches well. He's got this mentality, kind of like Cowboy, and I mentioned it in his last start. Cowboy always says he makes hitters hit his best pitch. He's not trying to pitch around guys. He's not trying to make them get themselves out or whatever. He just pitches well. 23 runs scored and 22 strikeouts with guys on base. And and just for comparison, when no one is on base, he's allowed nine home runs. He's allowed 13 total home runs all year. Nine of those have been with nobody on base. So there's two ways to think about that. Number one, maybe he should get somebody on base to start the inning. Or number two, he's really good at keeping everything to a solo shot, i.e. not hurting himself quite that much. I, I just, he has... The And the one thing that gives me pause a little bit about this start, he hasn't been that great at home. 27 in the third innings, he's allowed 18 earned runs, and uh, opposing hitters have a 974 OPS against Vladimir Gutierrez at Great American Ballpark. That's what we're looking at tonight with Goody. He is pitching against the Cubs at GABP. Wade Miley was fantastic at limiting the Cubs lineup last night. Ethembry wasn't. And Jeff Hoffman was all right at it. So we'll see what the Reds can throw at him tonight. Like I said, I'm feeling the over. I think the Reds are going to score a lot more tonight. And who knows? Maybe the Cubs get one or two on them or something like that. But I still think the Reds have a massive upper hand in this series. Almost expect them to sweep it right now. The Cubs are in complete free fall ever since the trade deadline. And the Reds handed them their 12th straight loss last night. Let's see if they can get him lucky number 13 tonight. 
Thank you so much for watching and listening to the Lockdown Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Uh, I just want to let you know, tomorrow, Joel Luckup joins me. We will talk about Joey Votto and the awesomeness of him. We'll talk about Luis Castillo as well and really kind of break down the differences in his starts and weather and things like that. I also want to talk about Jonathan India and how amazing he's been. We've got a bunch of stuff to get to with Joel on the show tomorrow. That is Joel Luckup, Red Statistician Extraordinaire, joining the show. The best way to not miss anything that I've got for you like that and more is to make sure that you're subscribed right here on the YouTube channel or you're following me on your favorite podcasting app. You can also follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs, and you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. And make sure you save that Locked On Reds line number into your phone for comments, questions, reactions, whatever you've got. 513-549-0159. Now, speaking of betonline.ag, head on over to Locked On Bets. Each and every day, they give you the best bets to make some money over at betonline.ag. That's the Locked On Bets podcast, wherever you get your podcast. But as for Locked On Reds, I'm your host, Jeff Carr. I'll talk to you each and every one tomorrow.